Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. My name is Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to become financially savvy without compromising parenthood. Alex and I are, are both parents. Uh, I think we both still, I mean, here we're financial advisors, and I still think we struggle with pieces of this, meaning like when we're wanting to be with our family, especially being business owners, we were thinking about different financial decisions, different business decisions. And I think sometimes you and I maybe feel guilty around not being fully present with our family. A hundred percent, Ryan. It's, and I think that every business owner struggles with this, right? I mean, like your business is, is almost part of the family. It's like a second child or a third child. Um, it is, it is something that we spend inordinate amounts of time thinking about dealing with, et cetera. Um, and so today is all about trying to figure out how do we make sure that we're honoring that and at the same time, honoring our family and our commitments to our family. Absolutely. So you being naturopathic doctors, right? You're business owners. And many of you that we work with have families. And I think all of us, we want to instill values with our kids. We want to be present with our kids. We, we want to be there with them. And so and all of this is hard to do with that. So we've got three ways, uh, three steps, if you will, to, to hopefully help you accomplish that. And so step one in that is really having a conversation with your spouse and figuring out, okay, what is it that you actually value as a family? Yeah. And the, this is not necessarily an easy conversation. It, it's oftentimes pretty fun to have. Um, you know, we'd recommend, you know, creating a, a don't spring it on your spouse for starters. <laughs> Make sure that you like plan it out and like, Hey, I heard about this thing. I'd like to find some time for us to do this. Um, you know, my my spouse is is a planner. Um, she likes to know what we're doing ahead of time. And so, like for me, I'd tell her like three weeks ahead of time, and we'd figure out like for us, it would be uh, finding a time when uh, our daughter goes for a sleepover with the grandparents, um, and like we have you know a nice dinner, maybe a bottle of wine, and we just have a conversation around like what we want the future to look like. And, you know, we start with like, okay, what are the things that we care about? What are our values? What do we truly want to create for ourselves and, and for our family? It's, it's a difficult conversation, I think, um, for, for many reasons. I mean, you brought up just like making sure that we don't surprise our spouse, but the, the other being in the conversation, you both have to be open to it because, how many spouses, like you, you were raised in different families, right? So you might actually have maybe even different thoughts around values or maybe a misunderstanding around the values because of what you thought it meant the way you were raised. And so it can be a difficult conversation, but I think it, to your point, if you kind of show up, if you show up open-minded and with the purpose of what is it that we want to teach our kids as a family, I think that really opens it up. and and eases the conversation. At least that's my thoughts, Alex. Yeah. Well, like so much of this is making sure that like we're trying to honor our spouses as well. Right. So it's, right. it's, Hey, we need to like have common ground on what are our thoughts around money? Because some people think money is great. Other people think it's evil. Um, some people see it as like a tool, like 
but if we understand where our spouse is coming from when it comes to finances, money, our business, our kids, like all of these tough conversations that like so many of us just kind of choose not to have because life is busy enough and messy enough already. Um, why complicate it with more crap? Um, it's important to get on the same page because it'll actually short circuit a lot of the arguments and conversations that we wind up, you know, having animosity about because we understand where the other person is coming from. We understand what our shared values are and where we're going. Yeah. And this, let's share a couple values, Alex, because I think when people hear this, they understand the word values, but they might have a difficult time actually talking into like maybe asking the question, like what questions should we start with? Right. So and a couple of questions that, you know, my wife and I talk about is, you know, we want, you know, my wife and I are, are firm believers in uh, families, right? And what I mean by that is uh, two spouses coming together, raising their children and being responsible and, and raising their children so that they are a active, successful member of society and then 100%. doing the same for them. That's a big piece of, of Diane in my life. And so we want to make sure that we are showing our kids that the two of us are actually representing those values, right? So that, that's one value that I think to, to maybe ask the question is, is, what do we want to represent to our kids as a couple, as a married couple? Another value, and you've already brought it up, is what's, what is money to us? What's the purpose of money to us? Um, uh, another value is, is, you know, from a, from the, the standpoint of like truly enjoyment of each other's company, like the time and being present and enjoying, like, like I, I heard a podcast on my walk this morning, uh, it's Ed Milet was talking into it and it really hit me over the head because he said, how often do you sit there and actually observe <laughs> your family? And by, by observe, he doesn't mean it like observe with any type of like judgment. It's more of like, just really truly being present and appreciating what your family's doing in that exact moment. Right. Yeah. And it, I walk back in from the walk and my, my wife is sitting down with my son eating breakfast and that like that hit me over the head. I'm like, wow, that, that I, this happens every day. And while I know it occurred, it's not that I'm blind. I didn't observe it. Right. Uh, another piece, and and this is a, a common one, is financial literacy. Right. Right. We want to like you brought up money already. How do we teach our children about well, money? Yeah, I mean, like one of our colleagues, Jason, posted something on on LinkedIn the other day. Um, like his son had asked for a toy, and Jason's an entrepreneur, and he goes, "Hey." why don't we figure out how you can earn money to be able to buy it? And his son was like, Oh, I love this. So they came up with the idea of a lemonade stand. And then like instantly his son was coming up with all of these ideas on like, Hey, instead of it being a lemonade stand, let's do this, 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 and this. Um, and so like, it was this really cool, you know, father son experience where uh, he got to like, coach his son a little bit on like how to do it. And his son like came up with all of these great little marketing things and they'd set a, a goal at the beginning of like, okay, Hey, we want to make $20. 
And like inside of 15 minutes, they'd already made like $30, $35 or something like that mm-hmm. um, and still had a boatload of their inventory left. And so it was one of those things where it's this like really cool experience. And because the, because the, the sun came up with unique ideas, it actually wound up being way more successful than, and Jason is brilliant. The guy went to like Cornell and like, he's one of the smartest people that I know and he'd come up with kind of like some basic ideas and his son like outpaced him like in the span of like five minutes. And he was and just like that amazed experience. at how cool yeah. that was. Yeah. I think that experience that he had with this kid, I mean, that's just awesome. Right. And so I, that's why we always start like people say goals and, and goals, I think come from what you value. Hopefully. Like, I, I guess yeah. maybe that's a whole nother podcast I just brought up. Alex is, <laughs> right. it just hit me like how many people's goals is actually not what they value. It's more of what they think they should get. Yeah. We've talked about that a little bit uh, in the past, but uh, yeah. And so values is step one. Uh, step two is, is maybe something that people don't enjoy, but probably should. And we will speak into that next. It, it's, it's budgeting and, and creating a budget. Yeah, budget's like a four-letter word, right? It's it, it. I don't even like the word, uh, right? Because it, it's more fun to spend our money. Let's just call it what it is. And the way that I think we can twist this to maybe trick our mind into being okay with the budget is understanding what our values is and matching it up with that, so that we get to know what money we get to spend. Well, it's it's one of those things where we shouldn't be planning down to the penny. So this isn't an exercise in like trying to pencil whip yourself or somebody else. Yeah. Um, It's really trying to create, like figure out like, okay, first and foremost, what's coming in. Secondly, what is going out? And third, do we have any surplus? And then like putting it under a lens and going back to step one and looking at like, okay, this is where our money is going. Does that fit our values? Yes, no, or maybe. Like if the answer is no, well, we should reevaluate like, okay, why are we doing that? And is there a way that we can go ahead and have our spending better match our values? Um, and, and like oftentimes it's just, it's necessity or like it's, it's done out, not out of, not out of intentionality or a desire. It's done out of like, oh crap, like I got to go pick up the kid from basketball practice and we haven't figured out dinner. We'll just go through McDonald's or whatever else. Right. Uh, and like, then it's like the, the meal winds up costing like two X or three X, like what it could or would if we'd done just that little bit of planning. It's, I don't know. The more my wife and I do it, it actually becomes the more fun it becomes. Um, I know that sounds really weird. It's probably sounding weird to our listeners. Like Ryan, you're a financial advisor. Of course you said that. <laughs> Ryan, it sounds weird to me. So take that. For I guess it's worth. the reason I say that is, you know, when, when Diane and I sit down and we look at like where we've been spending our money, like we have this Hawaii trip and we, and we do it every year. Right. And I talk about it every time. So I'm, I, I should apologize to our listeners because they're probably like, yes, Ryan, we get it. You like Hawaii. That, but we like it because my, my family goes and we go to Hawaii and we stay several weeks and we just enjoy each other's company. We don't, we're not on the phone. 
we're not on the computer. We literally wake up, we have breakfast together. We end up going down to the beach, right? Like the entire time is literally technology free. We bring a book to read, like we really get to enjoy each other's company. And I think that's, it's a huge piece because I I mean, I already brought up the observance aspect, right? Like, are we observing uh, our family? And that's the one time I think a year that I'm like really observing my family. Like it's just fun. So when it comes to budgeting, like we're looking forward to that aspect of the budget. And like really what a budget is designed to do is it's designed to help you identify where you're spending money, whether you want to be spending money there. And then the net result of it should be, Hey, we have this surplus. Now, what do we want to do with that surplus? Yep. And now it becomes a fun conversation of like, hey, like, do we want to save extra towards our goals? Do we want to and, – and it should be extra because savings should already be built into the base budget. Yep. Um, do we – like what fun things do we want to do? What are the values – like what are the things that like are coming up on the horizon of like things that we should do that we want to do that like fit our family values and fit our family goals? 100%. And that With- kind of leads us to the third one, right? Yeah. So the the third one, and this is, I might be one of the, it might be the hardest one, I guess, because I I think it's difficult to to have this sometimes depending on how you work. And, and the third one is boundaries. Make sure we've got boundaries between work and family. And I think you gave a great example of one already where like on vacation, your family does, they, You don't look at computers. You don't spend time on the phone. That is a boundary that you have drawn as a family. And you know that you're just present for each other when you're on your family vacation to Hawaii. Like that is awesome. It's a great example of just carving out quality family time. Yeah, I I think it's, you know, we, I'm lucky in the fact that Dinah and I, I think did this naturally because this is, we, we were both raised in a very similar family and I, and I've come to realize that. (laughs) And this is really, really horrible of me to say, but I'm just, and I think a lot of other people actually think like this too, because all you know is what you know and experience. All I knew and what I knew was an experience was, well, Dinah and I get along great. We have, we have a lot of the, the same boundaries that, that we both come up with and we can call each other out. Like everything's quite naturally in a relationship. And what I've learned, especially with working with other clients is that's not the case with most people. Right. Like when you come from different backgrounds, when you have different views on money, what it is, what it's supposed to do, like what the difference is, like, I mean, heck, just the different, like I'm from a uh, family where there's, there were two kids. My wife is from a family where there was, she was the only kid. Um, and so just that alone creates significant difference in terms of our experience, in terms of how we look at family. She had a lot of extended family, super close. My nearest family was in California and I've seen them like five times in my life. Yep. Like, so it's, it's something where, um, like extended family for her was something that was super critical and important for me. It wasn't really at all. Um, yeah, maybe not, not at all. Cause there was definitely components, uh, of family that like we went and saw like my grandparents every year when they were alive. Uh, we, we spent a tremendous amount of time with like my cousins, um, like that were, back East. Uh, so like it, it wasn't that we didn't spend time with family. It just, 
It wasn't, you couldn't jump in the car and drive across town to spend time with family. Um, and so that creates just these different dynamics, right? Um, and it, like it, it makes, like for me, I had to learn a lot about like having family close because it wasn't anything I'd ever really grown up with. Yeah. So boundaries are, are huge and having that conversation to create that is it's really sets the tone for everything, which Alex takes us to the question of the day. Our question today is work and financial decisions. Are they compromising family time for you? And maybe more importantly, what are you doing to, to modify that and, and change it? Like we hope that listening to this podcast is part of it. And hopefully we've given you some tools today, but please head over to, uh, to holistic finance.com and, uh, you know, leave us a note with like what you're facing and how you're trying to deal with it. Uh, and whether this was helpful or not. And if there's anything that you want us to try and uh, like dig deeper into or address in, in an upcoming podcast. Absolutely. We hope this was valuable. And as always, Mr. Collins, make it a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 153194121. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924 Alexander Collins AR Insurance License Number 7264699 CA Insurance License Number 0H24806 Point Number 2023-157462 Expiration June 2025